0: Welcome to the Yellow Pill Podcast. My name is Wale. And my name is Toby. Each week, we take on familiar dilemmas and we get problems that we all face.
1: On the Yellow Pill, you can expect intimate conversations and provocative questions that can change the way you experience the world.
0: So, shall we begin?
1: Hello guys, welcome to a new episode of the Yellow Pill. It's cinema therapy Your, you know, more chill, more relaxed, more, I don't know honestly i don't like the way i look on this thing but anyways um you guys are not going to less see makeup video. no makeup no you know. <laughs> so i'm a good just,
0: makeup artist yeah no, watching my face
1: out. <laughs> no i don't know i think it's, it's this shirt i wear i don't i'm not liking how it's like stretching my neck or maybe i've just because I, I haven't lost with it. i'm still on 60 kg thankfully um but anyways uh so we watched um so the, uh there haven't been any i don't think i've seen any comments yet oh i just then shifted um or, no
0: there were comments on the there were two comments on the spotify
1: Oh, okay, for, Particularly, for yeah. which one? In-
0: Spotify, I reckon it was hmm. episode before the last.
1: So, unconditional, still on the unconditional P?
0: Looks like it, yes.
1: Uh, people are really unconditional. Uh, but wait,
0: and- let, let me check quickly, two seconds. The one. Um, yeah, I think it's that one because... It's not showing the reply. Just carry on. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. Cool, cool, um,
1: cool. Anyways, so last episode, we spoke about um, work-life balance, um, inspired by, obviously, our conversations on Twitter around around the subject. And um, we picked a movie. Funny that you picked this movie because when we were speaking about Ikigai, Did I pick it? You know you were against it quite strongly. There were two movies you suggested this time around that you were quite against for Ikigai. Um of Happiness because of Will Smith and Everywhere's Wears Prada. Um, so I was surprised to see it pop in here. Um and I was always going to, I was almost gonna shoot back on this that oh no, it's comedy and all of that. But you know, I wasn't going to go through that back and forth moment. And I'm glad we still watched it because it wasn't your like, when you Google it on Wikipedia, it says drama and it includes comedy in there, but it wasn't your I don't know. It didn't give off those vibes. Like it felt more like drama than anything else. There were less Well lent- this one. Yeah, Devil Wears Prada. Is it drama? You thought it was comedy? I mean,
0: it's like dramedy, isn't it?
1: I guess. I it do- was everything at once. Yeah, I guess I have very low expectations for when I see comedy on, on something. So, um, let me see. How long is the plot? Mm, not too long. Let me try and speed through it. Um, but guys, we talking about work-life balance. We're watching Devil Wears Prada. Very old movie. Not old movie. Two thousand and what? six? uh yeah 2006 that's how many years ago you know when you say 2006 in your mind you're like oh not that far and then you now put it on the scale of the years and you realize it's um what that's 19 no 23 it's not 20 years it's 17 years ago 17 yeah anyways all right so andrea Sachs andy is an aspiring journalist newly graduated from northwestern university despite her ridicule of the fashion industry she lands a job as a junior personal assistant to miranda Priestley. The editor-in-chief of runway magazine a job that quote-unquote millions of girls will kill for andy plans to put up with miranda's excessive demands and humiliating treatments for one year in the hopes of getting a job as a reporter or writer somewhere else andy initially fumbles with her job and fits in poorly with her gossipy fashion forward co-workers especially miranda's senior assistant emily charlton after a dress trial meeting in which miranda berates her in front of the entire team andy approaches our director nigel to help her learn the ropes in the world of fashion she begins to dress stylishly and makes an effort to accommodate all of miranda's whims and fancies which strains her relationship with her boyfriend who is frustrated that she is always at miranda's beck and call noticing andy's changed appearance and commitment miranda begins to give her more responsibility and complicated tasks to handle slowly but surely andy becomes more glamorous and absorbs the runway philosophy andy gradually outperforms Emily, who is consumed with the thought of attending Paris Fashion Week as Miranda's assistant. And in preparation for the event, attempts extreme diets that are dangerous to her health. Whatever. Um blah, 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 blah. so anyways, then let, let me do what I did the last episode by summarizing in my own words after giving you the context. So so we just heard about Fashion Week here. So obviously that's something that um Emily, uh the other assistant always wanted to go for. So imagine someone in your office that Totally 100% cares about what it is that they're doing and wants to achieve a certain goal. And then you come in happy go lucky, you don't really care about it, but you're excellent in whatever you do and you then get the opportunity. Anyways, Miranda can only take one assistant and she asks um Andy to tell Emily that she's taking her place, which obviously Andy finds a bit difficult to do. um And almost Miranda doesn't really give her a choice, uh, but we'll get to that scene later on. But Andy tells Emily, Emily's pissed off um and then obviously andy's also facing the issue with her boyfriend that thinks she's sold out pretty much because she's now focused so much on this fashion thing that she said she wasn't interested in in the first place um um and then in the middle of that i think she's trying to decide okay like you know should i just keep doing this like this is the price i need to pay to get to the next level um and obviously she's getting good at what she does it's good to see a challenge put before you and then obviously accomplish all of that but um i think she catches miranda in a vulnerable moment when miranda so miranda is this like ice cold stone cold lady that everybody sort of like is scared of but i think on a particular occasion andy walks into her like in a vulnerable moment because i think her husband had just confirmed that she was going he was going to divorce her um and she said she didn't really care about the divorce but what it would do to her image but also her daughters and all of those sorts of things but anyways Um, uh, Andy, which is the person we're talking about, starts to show a bit of care and concern at that point in time for Miranda, and then um, Andy goes on a date with some guy, and it turns out this guy is about to come on board their team and essentially work for someone that is going to take uh, Miranda's job away. Um, Andy finds out and makes it a mission to go tell Miranda like what's up. Um, So she's like really trying to get Miranda's attention before she goes into a meeting to let her know that they're about to fire her. Um she's not able to. Um, or I think she's able to at the last minute, then Miranda goes up on stage, and essentially, Miranda had figured things out herself and essentially threw somebody else under the bus. Um, and um, I don't know if this part connects to the story, but anyways, the full story is someone is having to choose between work and life in an industry that she didn't really care about initially, but she's now begun to climb the ladder in and is presenting her with difficult choices, both with her friends and also her family, because there was a scene where she was with her dad, which she hasn't seen in a while, having dinner with her dad, and then her boss calls, and she has to, like, cut the dinner short. dad has to follow her around town trying to solve the issue. And, yeah, in her head, she thinks it's a price she has to pay to move to the next level. But long story short in the movie, she realizes it's Mm -hmm. not all that, you know, happy ending, all of that jazz. But we're going to talk about the movie to expand upon the topic of work-life balance. But before I shut my mouth up, one thing I sensed to Wally earlier on was as I was watching the movie, it, it felt more like I was just trying to get through it in the first place. Like, let's just watch this movie and talk about what I want to talk about. But then halfway through, I started to realize that oh, I couldn't say that. <laughs> halfway through, I kind of realized I started to connect to um, Andy in a way um, because there was a part of my life where in some kind of way, I joined an industry that I had certain reservations about. But not because of the industry in particular, but because of how things were done in the industry. So then I I found myself in the industry and in some kind of way, I started to learn the ropes and know how to play the game. But that also meant that I started to lose touch with some of the other parts of myself that I thought were core. Now, my own happy ending story is not that I left the space and went to find something that makes sense for me, is that I found how to... I, like I found myself again in the middle of that industry and still made it my own in my own little way. I guess we can explore what that means later on. But yeah, um, I'll shut up here and let Woli talk to us about what he thought about the movie. Like he's not here, but go on. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, 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 will, I really want to understand that part of yourself that has that feeling about tech and the tech industry. Mm. I don't understand it fully. I, and it comes up like every other or every other episode that we do mm, true but I, I, I still don't understand this fully maybe when you come to the UK <laughs>
2: yeah it's
0: into various, um, I get it but I don't get it as well because I, I don't know what the lines are and I can't apply it to myself so maybe that's why I don't get it but then that's that's going that to be a metric because I feel like I understand some things without applying them to myself mm. Anyway, I'm, I'm, going try, I'm going to try to be more succinct. Um, it was a good movie that I had to watch. So I had not seen this movie up until last night. So I started watching it last night before I went to bed. I finished 30 minutes into it. Got up this morning around... I got up when I got up. And then I started watching the movie as well this morning. And then, I, and then when I was going to the bathroom, I took my laptop to the bathroom so that I could keep watching the movie. Just because I'd finished watching the movie before work and come straight from work and record this episode. Yeah. (laughs) So as soon as I shut my laptop, I just just, just went out the door and and went to the office. Um, But it was a good movie. I mean, I've seen it before. I don't think I remember much as I remember now. Yeah. But watching it again, obviously, and watching it with the work-life balance in mind, obviously helped as well. Yeah. I think... My first, I had several thoughts, but my first thoughts was obviously about Miranda and um, how she was made to look masculine, um, mm. that life on the outside and being the best at what she did. Right. So like those were, those were my first thoughts at the start of the movie when they kind of, but Marie Streep, man, what, a, what, a, what, a, what, a, what an actress.
1: Bro, like, um, nah, she killed it. She killed.
0: She killed that role. I think she killed that role. Like, she, yeah, she killed that role. Yeah. It was impressive to see that. Um, and the movie showed that even as a woman, mother,
2: yeah,
0: she had responsibilities about um, raising the family. She even had a dog. Hmm. But without assistant to manage that life, it would not have been half as would have been twice as worse as it was. Yeah. Because pretty much assistant was, which was Andy, was doing lots of family errands for her. And I guess it's just one sign of the trade-off you make when you come yourself to being the best at what you're doing at work. Yeah. And you just cannot put your body across everything because in the end, everything's about time. We only have...
1: Finite resource, yeah.
0: That final resource, right? So you have to always trade off something.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: absolutely. So my first thought about Miranda was just how she was made to look masculine, had not life outside, portrayed her as the best person doing that role in probably the United States or wherever our industry was. And we got a sense of seeing how her husband was not happy. Hmm. And her husband also looked, if you notice, this, this, the one scene where they showed him, they didn't show him to look like Regular guy. It also shouldn't look like a busy man because yeah. he was dressed up in, a, in some kind of outfit that represented it's also a white collar worker or somebody important. Yeah. But he wasn't happy because obviously they were not spend time together, mm. and her kids were kind of used to the idea of assistants doing all the stuff because when Andy went to drop off the the book and the clothing, the yeah. ki- the kids told her where to put the obviously they were kidding, but they told her where to put they the thing, which means yeah. that they were not strangers to the idea of assistants coming to her home.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So
0: so those are my yeah. thoughts about Miranda. My thoughts about Andy before we go into the work life balance concept. It was interesting that she went to Stanford Law to to pursue law. And then she and she mm. just left Stanford Law to pursue journaling. And Journalism. then she, let, she couldn't get journaling and she went into fashion Yeah, a low pay. I like that because it showed that she's just figuring out life. Yeah. Right? I mean, both tries to drop out, but she's just figuring out life like most people are. Most people have things that they want to do, but they end up somewhere else. Yeah. And when they end up in, in somewhere, in another place, it doesn't mean that the place they end up will be a place where they cannot thrive as well. Because somebody went to law school and was posting journaling, she was thriving in fashion. Yeah. Right. I mean, she was going to thrive anyway. and looked at looked like it, but she was, she was already going up. Yeah. As well. So that that told me that yeah, okay, that's quite reflective of reality because sometimes we are so fixed on certain careers growing up. But eventually, when you get what's what's available, you're like, oh, okay,
2: yeah,
0: I can probably do this. And yeah. the reason why you can do this is it's not because of it's not because of the career itself, but it's because of what I always talk about is that. You think, think about who we are in roles as opposed to, as opposed to what roles are. Yeah. Um, which is why I guess she was somebody who could maybe find information from people. She was persistent. She was likable. She was able to, I guess, stand her ground. She had some kind yeah. of integrity, which we saw at the end. Perhaps like, these are traits that will but also help on journalism as well, but kept yeah. in that fashion space um so yeah th- that's what i thought about andy and miranda
1: yeah cool um there were other main characters in there like you know nigel the photographer director of photography um guy um and some for other people um but what i wanted us to start from again we might not dive specifically into the work-life balance thing but we'll touch around elements that sort of like focus on that but one scene that stood out to me was the scene where Miranda sort of, like, gave um, Andy a dressing down because, you know, she came into the fashion industry and she was sort of, like, I won't say she felt she was better than everybody else, but in her head, it was just fashion. Like, she didn't didn't dress the right way. A line that kept coming up in the movie is, like, a million girls will kill for the job. And Andy's reaction was always that, well, she's not one of those million girls and this is just a stepping stone for her to move to the next level and she doesn't get how superficial everything is. And to be fair, I think at the start of the movie, a lot of us that are not into fashion, A.K.A. me, I kind of like shared the vibe. I was like, "Yeah, this is a very superficial um, industry, right? Where there's no like, w- what exactly is happening here um, to warrant all of these high intensity?" You're connect the deeper meaning. Yeah, and the deeper being meaning in
0: that industry.
1: But I'm happy. It's weird because the movie kind of like maybe anticipated that people would have that and essentially try to rationalize it. So I'm just going to play that scene. Um. Here. here, it's
2: a tough call. They're so different.
1: So the context here is that they're kind of trying to pick clothes for the runway, and one of the girls there is holding up two different belts. Well, I say different, but honestly, they look quite the same. And that's the same sentiment that Andy has—that the belts look the same. Uh. But here, let's continue.
2: Something funny? No. No,
3: no, no. no. It's, you know, it's just that both those belts look exactly the same to me. You know, I'm still learning about this stuff and, uh. <laughs> this stuff? Oh. Okay, I see. You think this has nothing to do with you? You go to your closet and you select, I don't know, that lumpy blue sweater, for instance, because you're trying to tell the world that you take yourself too seriously to care about what you put on your back. But what you don't know is that that sweater is not just blue, it's not turquoise, it's not lapis, it's actually cerulean. And you're also blithely unaware of the fact that in 2002, Oscar de la Renta did a collection of cerulean gowns. And then I think it was Yves Saint Laurent, wasn't it, who showed cerulean military jackets i think we need a jacket here Mm. and then cerulean quickly showed up in the collections of eight different designers and then it uh, filtered down through the department stores and then trickled on down into some tragic casual corner where you no doubt fished it out of some clearance bin however that blue represents millions of dollars and countless jobs and it's sort of comical how you think that you've made a choice that exempts you from the fashion industry when, in fact, you're wearing a sweater that was selected for you by the people in this room.
1: Yeah, so I'll just stop it there. <laughs> um, yeah, I was, that was it was quite a good scene as well. Yeah, I was, and it was quite the dressing down, and and it it the points landed, and I got the point as well. And what I took away from that is. Um, It's fine not to believe in, I guess, what an industry represents, but, you know, don't trivialize all that has gone into making that industry the thing that it is and the value that it, it gives. Like, just because you don't believe in something's value doesn't mean you need to devalue it in the eyes of everyone else is what I'm trying to say here. Because I think, I I, fall to that error sometimes because I see some roles and some jobs and some things and I'm like, like I would never do that and I don't, like I don't believe in what's happening in there and I feel like maybe the world would be a better place without it. Now, I mean, some industries, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. I think that there's, there's outright, (laughs) there's outright things that, I'm trying to uh, figure out
0: the the usefulness (laughs) of gambling. I still don't see it
1: yeah yeah fair points fair points fair points so i guess this is for for those gray area ones the ones where you know but honestly i would also be i don't know gentle and say that some industries make it difficult to apportion that level of rationalism if that's a way if that's a way to put it you understand like in industries that thrive on the superficial but i guess it might seem superficial because they don't understand it. It's how you can meet someone that says, why do you watch sports? Why do you care so much about like sports? We've had this conversation before. And for them, it's just someone always describes football to me as 22 men running around a plastic round thing. And for me, it shows more about number Uh one, obviously the person trying to make a joke. Exactly. (laughs) For me, it shows more around the person's, attempt to make a joke and be you know snide about it but also almost shows how small-minded that kind of comment is but it's funny how you know sometimes is we do the same things or i fall into but the also same the,
0: things they just may not get it yeah i think we we all can't get everything because i don't know we just we just all can't get everything there's some there's some things that i just don't get that people like but they have their reasons for it Mm. And I mean, not understand the reasons, but you know, they like it, you know. And I can't really play it down. I can, but knowing knowing that, I know the things that I don't know. I'll be more. I'll be more cautious. with playing it down. I think that scene as well was a good scene to show Miranda's expertise. Why mm. she's such a f- um, respected and perhaps feared woman. Cause she just took down a memory lane, and things are so specific, so it shows mm. that her depth of knowledge. But it also maybe shows, perhaps from Andy's point of view, when we spoke about job fulfillment, and I'm not a job fulfillment expert, neither am I, job fulfillment scholar, but I think if you're going to fulfill it in your job. You probably have to know the. Importance of your job in the world in some kind of way. Mm. Or mm. you gotta know why your job is important to other people. There has to be somebody that's co- connected to your or people you either can see or touch physically or you can't see or touch but no exist. Mm. And I guess maybe until that point, Andy had never thought about how fashion that goes on in these corners of um, Paris High Streets magazines uh you know fashion gurus etc and the high fashion brand she probably never thought that was about anything in the real world It's just people in the echo chamber <laughs> giving close to themselves mm. and i never thought about it as well and if what she said was true miranda it makes sense if all the fashion ideals all the fashion icons their products eventually trickle down into the masses and inspire mass fashion. Yeah. Maybe. But that was a very, very, very important scene. And there's also narrative, perhaps from Andy's point of view, that because Andy is in this important magazine, an important place, Andy should endure all of Mm. Miranda's BS. Yeah, You know? again, as you said, there was narrative of many people were killed to have that job, yeah, that kept going on and on, and that narrative of like, yeah, you're in this position working on that the,
2: the,
1: goats of, the
0: of of editors, and perhaps you should thank your stars that are here, so kill yourself for the role
1: yeah
0: and that that made me think about two things when it, when it comes to work life balance one is. There's a perceived value of the work on the company's society. I say perceived in terms of how people think that company is valuable. Society. And two is the rate of demand for the role. Now, what do I mean? Whenever when everybody says, I ain't got this gum. What mm-hmm. When they were all saying like, oh, um, she should be grateful that she's working for Miranda, oh Miranda, Miranda. You know, and the magazine's also important as well. They're already creating maybe it's true objectively because it's successful. Maybe it's true because it's objectively because it's it is just true. Maybe it's part of why Fashion Weeks functions effectively. I don't know, but they it's also just the narrative that they've or the rather the perceived value that they've created that the runway magazine is important to society. Mm. So that kind of puts you in a state of mind that, okay, maybe I don't know what I have here because this place is valuable to the world. Yeah. So maybe I have to thank myself I'm here and kill myself even more.
1: Mm.
0: Right? And then that way, your idea of work-life balance begins to shift because...
1: The value of you think, you, the prestige.
0: You, you yeah. thank your, you your stars that you're in a such a valuable role that what, what is like you can, be, you can give up some part of your life for it. But also, you think yeah. like this role you are is a high rate of demand for it. Yeah. Right? And demand and high rate of demand creates of scarcity, right? Where I think people want this role. Maybe there's something that I'm not seeing yet.
1: Mm, so you don't want to lose it. You don't want to lose it. it. Yeah.
0: So um, when we were talking about that narrative of, of um of, of her just taking in everything from miranda I, that's what i thought about yeah in, uh, in that scene
1: so i i think this can also connect to the thing that i was sharing with you about you know what i felt about the space that i was in to start off with um because although there was a hint of when i eventually switched into tech and got a a better role within the tech space Although there was an element of me working hard and a bit, maybe trying to go overboard a bit, mm. I don't think it was a. Uh, maybe I, I don't haven't reflected enough, but I don't remember it being a thing of I'm grateful to be in this position and I don't want to lose it. It was more like I find value in what it is that I'm doing and I am deriving a sense mm. of importance from what the things that I'm doing. So I want to put in my best in this thing, because I vividly also remember that when. When I started to see cracks in in the thing that I was doing, or when I started to feel less positive about what it is I was doing, or when I started to be faced with challenges that I didn't think were core, so that hey, I, I just didn't hey a, like a Yoruba man. <laughs> but what I'm trying to say here is that you are a Yoruba man. Well, yes. Um, I what I'm trying to say is you know there's some obstacles in on your pathway towards achieving something that are obstacles because that's the price you need to pay. Like it's a it's a legitimate price you need to pay. And then there's yep. obstacles that are just obstacles because people feel like for this thing to for anybody to get to this thing, they need to go through some obstacles. So let me put this thing here. And what I'm trying let me let me bring it home. Bosses like Miranda, I don't think there's there you can argue that, oh, like the only the way Miranda was operating and running and how everybody was scared of her, like that was training for them to be good at what they do in the industry. But my argument is always that sometimes some people just put those things in there to create that illusion of this is a very difficult price you need to pay for this thing. Do you get what I'm I'm trying to say? Like people sometimes mm. people sometimes say, okay, this is the end goal, but this is the pathway you need to get there. And then because the pathway, because obviously this is a very prestigious thing, you almost almost want to put in difficulty in between to prove that this person and or this thing is worth it but sometimes it, it, the priorities then shift when the thing is just difficult for the sake of being difficult not because it's necessary towards the end goal which honestly at the end of the movie is what we kind of like is what the movie then talked about in the last clip that i'll play at the end of this conversation um you know about the whole experience that andy had with miranda but what, what do you think about that because for me i think because when you were talking about this like difficulty i thought about roles where that's just the that's just the thing like doctors doctors on call like doctors when they are on call meaning they have to work like 12 hour shifts where they're like you know you're actively dealing with maybe life and death situations or close to it right now you know that's a price to pay that's a heavy price to pay but one can argue that you can draw there's a reason for that price. Like there are not enough doctors in the ecosystem and someone has to be on call because nobody can go off. Maybe in a world where we create more technology, doctors get more time off. But there is also the thing where, because maybe you look at doctors and you're like, okay, doctors work 12 hours. And so we want to prove that we're better than doctors. So we must work 15 hours. Not because your work requires 15 hours, but because you're trying to create that perception of, you know, extensive work. The point I'm just trying to make here is that I think that some things that feel difficult in an industry that you feel like it's a price you need to pay it's not necessarily the price of the thing but just the price that the industry has sort of like placed on it for an arbitrary reason but maybe there's somebody that'll come and school me about how those reasons are not arbitrary but you get what I'm trying to say here
0: I get what you're trying to say I'm trying to think about how an industry can place obstacles to create a sense of an illusion of difficulty in the industry, but then if everyone goes through those obstacles, doesn't that then make those obstacles the actual objective path to becoming an expert in that industry? Until so someone let, comes, me, I, let I me make it. Yeah. So, if let's say w- w- when the industrial mechanics, mm-hmm. right, or car engineers, for those who may not be Nigerian and don't understand <laughs> what mechanics, <laughs> oh, come um, on, no. Uh, uh, so let's say to, let's say to train to be a mechanic you have to obviously do like an understudy um, do some theory read about cars mm. do some understudy apprenticeship practice yeah and maybe write an exam
2: mm-hmm.
0: and if you pass the exam you can then go to some kind of apprentice proper apprentice so mechanic shop and then, then start but start as like a junior whatever the title is yeah right now, that's what you can call maybe the industry professional path. Yeah. Because we want to be sure that you, Ogbani, as I said, Ogbani Dibo, but you, mm. um, but you, Mr. Johnson, yeah. we know that you are now qualified to be mm. a mechanic because you have done all the tasks that we as a mechanic community require mm. as what marks your competence. Yeah.
2: That's
0: one that one for me means that the industry as you called it because industry is made up of people
1: yeah
0: actors right the industry has created this kind of regime of competence i'm using a word for my phd which i should not use but Mm -hmm. i created this kind of social curriculum yeah that as you mr johnson has to pass before you can recognize that a mechanic anywhere yeah that one I understand because you can see that across so several kinds of professional industries, professional practices, mm. right? You have to go through either both theory and practical examinations in different steps and sometimes sequential, sometimes concurrent, whatever. But when people then come into the mix, mm. let's say, D, I mean, let's not, let's say Mr. Johnson then gets to his, his mechanic first, first job as junior mechanic. Mm. And his boss then says, hmm, guy, in this place, I know you wrote those exams, but in this place, you have to prove yourself again. Mm. Right? You have to show me that everything that you think you know, you actually know it. Mm. And then your boss then says, okay, go and, go and wash a car five times first. Let me, sh- let me say that you have endurance or a mechanic. Yeah. Go and check the carburetor and check 50 carburetors in, in, the, in the market that we mm. can check whether you have good eyesight for yeah. carburetors. Your boss then imposes his own kind of journey for yeah. you just to show that well if you want to be a good mechanic this is what you got to do yeah but i think that's not your boss's own personal imposition of obstacles yeah because if you go somewhere else that that's not that may not apply
1: okay have you landed a thought here because i, I want to tie it a bit to yeah, what we're talking yeah, about yeah, sure. yeah. so you might be listening to this and wondering, okay, guys, how does this connect to work-life balance? And it's because these are some of the extra things that I believe start to put pressure on the life side of things where you feel like there's a sacrifice that has to be made. Do you understand, right? So I'm saying, <clears throat> so you've now joined this Ogbeni, Joshua's, whatever. And then he's telling you that beyond the standard things that you've done, we need you to again watch this five cars, check this 20 carburetors. it's still the same time 24 hours that you're going to need to find the time to do all of those things and then you know it starts to put pressure on your personal life so now the question and I guess we don't have the answer to this and I don't have the answer to this I'll say that but I'm just saying that at what point do you gauge what's going on in terms of is this something that is this a price I actually really need to pay to get the thing it is that I really want or is this the price that I'm asked to be to pay right now because of this particular situation. Because what can then happen is that you... I'm nobody saying you shouldn't pay the price. You, you you pay the price. You check the 20 carburetors. You check the five, whatever. But then what do you leave that situation with? Do you leave that situation with, I didn't have to pay this price, but because of this thing, I went ahead to pay it. Or do you take that and then perpetrate that moving forward, saying that, oh my God, to achieve this, this is what you have to do. So I think that's where I always used to have issues with which is why I almost used to run away from the corporate world and whatnot. And someone can argue about that, meaning like you you don't want to pay the price. You don't want to be hardworking. You're quite lazy. Other people will say in the industry that you've even chosen, the amount of work that you even have to do is even way worse. Like different perspective, different show for different folks. But I'm just saying like for me, whenever I get into this work life balance conversations and looking at some of the things that I guess the price on something yeah i start to question the price that's that's the thing i just question the price not because i want to enjoy life but just because so, i just feel like i think okay, the well.
0: word price is tricky there because some of it's temporary some, some of it's permanent it's
1: still a price <laughs>
0: it's still a price but temporary price permanent price is an entirely different ball game.
1: it costs different <laughs> all right
0: if okay let me explain if let's say you have to go through one year of five hours sleep that's, different, that's a price that's different from having to spend your entire life with 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 having very very short or with having back pain
1: yeah
0: right these are just examples from, from physical sense but I'm just giving like prices are different mm. for the person who, who, who probably go through one year of little sleep and being they could just say that, okay, Well, I'm in this space, it's temporary, mm. right? My personal journey requires me to go through this space. And even though my, my best friend in a different company is not going through this, this thing, this is my own journey, but it's temporary. Mm. I think about that differently. If I have to have permanent back pain, because I'm like, okay, this, this is not, this is not temporary. This yeah. is permanent. So, this is actually worth it.
1: But do we always know what's temporary and permanent from early on? Because there are some permanent things that don't come about until you're kind of like in it already, so.
0: It's a good question. And I have that in my notes. In my notes, and funny thing, last thing I wrote down when the movie ended was we always choose but some choices are necessary. Mm. And if you can choose, remember that, remember what's still permanent and what can be taken away. Yeah. And now maybe let me backtrack a bit. I said that because when Andy told Miranda that she was like her because she sabotaged her friend. Mm. So when Miranda told Andy that, Andy was like, No, I didn't, I had no choice. Mm. Miranda said, like, well, you had a choice. You could have not come. Mm. But you chose to come. Mm. Even though it was a choice that you needed to do, but it was still a choice. Yeah. Right? And permanence and temporary aspect of that choice is permanent right you could have lost a friend or a boyfriend or a husband right you can be healthy but you can lose people from your life mm. right? some might come back which you could call temporary yeah but permanent scar might still be there because one can argue that the trust needs to be rebuilt again yeah right and temporary can be that your job can be taken away from you because you can get fired yeah Right. If it, but if that dog can take it away from you, are you positioned enough to be able to get a new job? So, my point is, it's a very tricky position for anybody to be in. And let me backtrack to this again. When you have a terrible boss, this work life balance debate, your work life balance becomes a lot harder.
1: Yeah, it's a different equation. because even, even if
0: you are not working hard, your mental sanity is already in jeopardy. I mean, so even if you're not even if you're not working long hours,
2: yeah,
0: your mental space is already in jeopardy, right? And surely you sleep with the same head that you work with, so that means that when you get home, you're still probably having an effect, which is why your friend did not like WhatsApp. Maybe that's not why, but mm. for example, your friend don't like anything about work on her phone. I was the same during my PhD after I had my initial issues with my initial supervisor. Like, the thing followed me wherever I went, right? I was in the shower. I'm thinking about it. I'm in the bed, thinking about it. There was no safe space, right? And, well, you can say, okay, go and play football. You have work-life balance. But (laughs) as soon as you're done with the football, right, your mind is back to it. it. Yeah. So, a terrible boss can still make your work-life balance look so crazy because the balance in there is not about time. The balancing there is about maybe headspace. The
1: effect on, yeah. Right. Yeah.
0: And the thing about terrible bosses is terrible bosses p- usually, I think, I don't, I don't think anybody was born to be a terrible boss. I think they often like, they were made terrible. Obviously, some are just terrible human beings by default, but I think many bosses were made to be terrible from their own experience. Hmm. You know, they were made that way from somewhere. Something along their own journey made them think this is how you lead people and then they then and then, then they impose that experience on you marina, marina told andy that you remind me of my younger self
1: yeah
0: and that could be because the hustle she had to get to to get to where she was was mad hustle and mm-hmm. and some people like when you when you hustle so hard to get to where you are at the top and then and then this this new <laughs> generation has come about and and thinking, it's not that easy so yeah. you gotta you have to experience something yeah right but then they found like shortcuts, they found easier ways. They're like, Man, why are you making me do all this? It's not that deep. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: Right? Yeah. So it's possible that even in her heart, your bad boss, Miranda, in this case, thought, okay, I'm doing what's best for this babe because if it's I her I I I like, everything yeah. that I, I faced, or if I'm insatiable, if I'm impatient, if I'm de- demanding, oh, she becomes stronger, she becomes better. Mm. Right?
1: Yeah. It's a. <laughs> Yeah, go it's a on, very, go tricky it, it it's very tricky thing it is it is because even even in and i, I like to do this christ this is me but if, even in the biblical sense of it right you know when the bible talks about like trials and whatnot proving and refining you to become stronger like good preachers always caveat that with the only reason why this makes sense is because of the character of the person who is putting you through it right if you do not trust and believe in the character of the person or the intentions of the person you know setting up these challenges or allowing the challenges to happen then you'll be foolhardy to i don't know if i use that word correctly but you it'll be very weird of you to then think that okay regardless of what the person's intentions are these challenges will produce this version of me or this good version so all i'm just saying or what i'm trying to say here is that like when it comes to assessing and dealing with like bad bosses and things like that like you said it, it might not be easy, but determine if... Or try to figure out if... Ah, it's not easy, man. It's, it's not, not easy. What, it's, there's nothing like a yo, bad boss, bro. <laughs> so, like, you you have to determine if the person is being bad towards you from a place of malice. Or or just figure out where it's, where it's coming from. And I have a personal story to share here. And I'll try not to give too much away because people can draw lines and draw dots. But one of the initial um, managers I had in the past, like... From day one, I just thought this person hated me because um, none of our interactions ended positively. Like I, I went into our first conversation with, like this was someone that was new, that was brought into our organization. And, you know, I think they were brought in to change the turn and set the pace. And I was really excited about this person arriving. And, you know, the person was meeting one-on-one with everybody. And the person asked me what I wanted to, like where I saw myself in the company in like five years and all of that. And I was like, Oh yeah, I said what I what I said, right? I gave the person my vision. The person was like, "Oh no, this person doesn't doesn't see me doing that." This wasn't a no,
0: like ah. Uh, but she just got there.
1: Ah. See. Oh, he or she just got there. See, helping my brother. So are sabi? <laughs> so there was that, and it wasn't even a oh like um this is what I see. It was more like oh based on where you are right now, and what I know I want for. What I know I want for the company as the new person that has been brought in, I don't see you doing that, right, but let's see it was a very It was a very deflating conversation because you know someone has asked you to dream wild about what you want to do. you've dreamt wild, and the person without any context has said x, y yeah. z I didn't really it was hurtful, but then after that, all our interactions, one can argue that my perspective was now tainted, but all our interactions just felt like unnecessary challenges after the other like me putting in the work and the person not valuing the work and it just feeling like I was never going to please this person. And it was becoming a very difficult like thing. Like, there wasn't any motivation. Were you working
0: harder to then please, her? Huh? Yes. Did you find yourself working yes.
1: harder? Yes, yes. I was trying to, like, you know, set things right and just put the extra effort. And for me, as everyone who knows me, not to choose my own on in that kind of way, by default, I tend to go a bit overboard on certain things. But then that wasn't even impressing this person. So I almost felt the need to sacrifice a lot more to try and like settle this thing and mm. like did even me making a move did i give up i i did i did and the only thing that changed things was them becoming humanized in my eye and i'll, I'll, I'll get to that point and i'll explain what that means but i just want to provide a bit more context that you know even before making a that was like our first interaction. Our second interaction was everybody in the company sort of like offering me up for or recommending me for a new role, like a, a an upgrade. And this person getting on the phone with me and essentially saying that a lot of people vouch for you and all of those things. Um, but as you're coming into this role, I have my reservations. So you need to promise me a couple of things um, that you do X, Y, Z, X. Like, again, in my head, I'm like, the view, like what is going on um, but the surprising thing about this story yeah but the surprising thing and the good thing about this story is that me and this person right now we're super tight like and we are like two peas in a pod and the reason that eventually happened is what you asked me earlier on is that they became humanized in my point of view because they then had to go through a very difficult challenge and then the company and I saw that all the reaction and all the energy I was getting was not that this person was targeting me, but this person was dealing with way more, you know, whatever, on their own. And so, but it's very funny because... Yeah,
0: I can can definitely relate to that. Sorry, go on.
1: Yeah, yeah. no, no. So I'm just saying like, I'm wondering what would have happened if I didn't get... Because again, the reason why I got to see that part of the person was because we ended up on a trip together and then there was a third person... Involved that was sort of like the mediator that understood both sides of the story and just almost helped us see what was going on, yeah, yeah. So I say, all of that, I'm glad glad that worked out, yeah, yeah,
0: that way because nobody gets a chance to see that part. Some people just leave before they can see exactly that part of other people being human. But some people don't even give others a chance to see them as humans, Mm. Mm. to be honest. Um, I mean. Mm.
1: Even in this in this movie, like I can play that scene. Um, I don't know if you want to wrap up the points before I play the scene. Go on. Um, so the scene is um. So uh, I mentioned this in during the plot where Andy walks into Miranda and finds her in a vulnerable moment, and this is Miranda's husband that's just mentioned that, or I think they just had a conversation about the divorce. Um, so let me just make sure I have the right clip in here, Dragon Lady. Yes. Ah, it's three minutes. One second. Um. Permission to play this at a slightly faster speed just because it's a movie. 1.25. Guys, you'll survive.
0: Oh, was oh, not loud.
3: Oh, there you are. <clears throat> we need to go over the seating.
0: There you are. I You're, you're walking on. It's there you are. <laughs> there
1: you are. Like, you get like, always needing to put in that, that boss lady mood.
3: Okay, um, yeah, sure. I have it right
1: here.
3: By all means, move at a glacial pace. You know how that thrills me. Okay, so... First of all, we need to move Snoop Dogg to my table. Your table's full. Stephen isn't coming. Oh, Stephen is... So I don't need to fetch Stephen from the airport tomorrow? Well, if you speak to him and he decides to rethink the divorce, then yes, fetch away. We're very fetching, so go fetch. And then when we get back to New York, we need to contact um, Leslie. See what she can do to minimize the press on all this. Another divorce splashed across page six. Just imagine what they're going to write about me. The dragon lady, career obsessed. Snow Queen drives away another Mr. Priestley. Rupert Murdoch should cut me a check for all the papers I sell for him. to the girls just another disappointment another letdown another father figure <laughs> gone anyway point is <clears throat> point is the point is we really need to figure out where to place Donatella because she's barely speaking to anyone
0: yeah I guess that's an interesting scene because and let me just wrap up the boss's point with this because I want to move on to other things yeah is that's one scene that I definitely I definitely related to because objectively one can say I've had a bad boss objectively based on what happened to me and based on my mental state at the point but I think for me what's important was that there was no point and, and this one I, I I probably thank God I think maybe just maybe people just my maybe my parents I don't know who I'll thank because cause I don't thank myself right mm-hmm. um, <laughs> I can't thank myself um, but the point I want to make is like I had almost every reason to like feel hate for the person that one can say put me I know people who, were, who would have been in my, my position and then they would have probably had the worst hatred. I mm-hmm. probably had the worst tantrums. probably had the worst um, recurring feelings of, of dislike, very strong feelings of whatever. Because one can say that I had reasons to. Mm-hmm. But I remember vividly when everything was over and I knew I was changing, I just said, you know what? Maybe, just maybe... The person is going through it <laughs> in life. And I just remind that person of everything they're going through. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, so, you know what? Fair play. If I, if I see the person, I'm going to say hi. I'm going to hold anything back. I'm, I'm going to add them to my acknowledgement. I'm going to do all of that. Hmm. Right? Because there is no... As an I, I made sure that I had every ounce of possible hate or dislike gone hmm. because I just thought eventually this person is a human being, and what can make them human is that they're going through something. Hmm. I know what, Lou and behold, they were. When, when people saw this person years like every time, the people was like, I know at least two people who asked me, I just saw that person, and they don't look like everything is all right. Hmm. Particularly, particularly after COVID, I'm like, I don't know, but I hope <laughs> they're okay. Hmm. That was my response. I don't know, but I really do hope they're okay.
2: Mm. Mm. Yeah, that's just it. Yeah,
0: and I think that's the important thing. For sometimes it's not hard; it's not easy because some bosses will make your life crap. Yeah,
1: but well, no particular. But for, your, yeah. but
0: for yourself to move on from those things, you have to just see them as humans who probably are going through a lot of crap. I've been through a lot of crap that is not about you. Mm. But of course, maybe, maybe you can work harder. Maybe you can do certain things. Maybe you're making it worse, possibly, because you will have a responsibility in many issues. But, for majority, maybe it's not about you. Now back to work-life balance isn't it funny how anybody who truly truly has anything that makes them sad about no, let, let me rephrase this have you ever seen anybody who has been high up in any kind of obviously we only have movies reference but high up in any kind of endeavor whether it's a job whatever and then Whenever, whenever, how, how do I say this? Point is, okay, what I want to say is this when people are sad about family and stuff, that's often the reason why people are sad. Like people, particularly in these high career places, like I've never seen someone say, oh, I'm sad because I didn't get this thing happen. Like whenever, whenever people like who are high or break down, it's often a familiar relationship or often the relationship, it's often another human who they love or who loves them or is the kind of thing that breaks them down.
2: Mm.
0: Like, I, I can imagine, like, if I see Elon Musk break down, I don't think he will break down because of AI. <laughs> <laughs>
2: All
0: right, my, my point is, like, whenever I've seen anybody kind of break down, it's often because it's a relationship problem. Mm. It's a personal problem. I've not seen the... Obviously, people have cried because of their work. People have cried because of their jobs. But it's often because they're crying because they're in distress mm. not because something's lost and I guess my point there is like people who if you are somebody who is married or if you are somebody who has family or friends it's very easy to get to make work lose people in this area because of course Andy lost her boyfriend um, Nate mm. for a minute yeah but some Nate will not come back yep. in fact some Nate will be threatened that she's rising up and she's, and, and she's not even, she's not even, um. she's missing his birthday. Hell no, I'm done. <laughs> Some other Nate will even say, I'm not done, but I'm just going to cheat on you and hurt you back.
1: Yeah, guess what I can get from the whole experience? You know, all the fancy, if he was into fashion, like obviously she had the friend that cared about fashion and all of those things. And he might have decided to stay friends with her because he'll keep getting the, the stuff. Yeah,
0: exactly, yeah. exactly. And, you know, it's, it just shows me, like, sometimes what are the battles we are really fighting? Again, if you're, for those who have the luxury of talking about work-life balance we're speaking about, some don't have the luxury. Some cannot join, join this conversation because they just have to work to live. We've already said that in the last episode. So when those, those who are not part of this. Mm. We have to exempt them because they are the heroes trying to make ends meet. And they're putting their lives on the line for that every day but for us who can have these conversations we're saying at what point do we draw and the life here is probably people in the end because even if you don't get married even if you don't have a family it's surely people who make your life feel more complete Yeah. which is why perhaps most people who are on the deathbed always regret relationships that they either did not make better or they could have made better or they lost Yeah. That, I don't think anybody, anybody has said my career was
1: half uh, what it should be because yeah i I know this goes back to the thing that i mentioned in that in the episode about why whenever work-life balance comes in the sense like when it pops up in conversations on this side of the continent you never really it's not i I don't know maybe it's just me and my bias kicking in but i never really see it about family and i need to spend time with like people like people always comparing it to if you're not working yeah giant that's the thing, like, because in this whole movie and even in the point you just made now, we are saying what's at the opposite end is typically like family. But when those conversations come up, I, I don't know. You you don't really hear it or see it in that sort of way. And maybe it's because, because I get the sense that because I, I I've had friends where, you know, that the dad is not around because he works in a different city and only comes around on weekends. Um, and when he comes around on weekends, he's really just coming to rest and. Maybe he has to preach in church again that weekend because he's a pastor. So, he's, ah, he's, um, uh. <laughs> you know, so it's weekend. So <laughs> essentially, he just pops in and pops out. And when he comes in, like, you know, he's carrying all the stress and everything. And he just wants things the way he he likes them. I and everybody's just trying to be guarded because they know dad has been busy all through the week and stuff like that. Um, you know, nobody... Talks about work-life balance. I don't know. Nobody. I don't know. <laughs> when I was, I'm growing up. I never really saw that as a work-life balance thing. It's just that. Well, I guess this guy has to go make money and doesn't have time for yeah. His family. And
0: yeah, the issue is that in our societies like where we're from, because because of the way capitalism has structured a society, where you get rewarded for value you create, mm-hmm. there's no free money. Yeah. There's no free money in a society whereby things are corrupted. There's less chances to make
1: simple, m- yeah, money, money, yeah. Of
0: simple rewarded money. Yeah, right. You can't just work in the supermarket and support the family mm-hmm. in Nigeria. Mm-hmm. So, mm. the pressure perhaps there is then on a different level because it's just you just got to make it work. Mm. Now, some might have uh, some, some, some parents, some families might have alternatives maybe they can move on etc and they're just choosing to work all the time but you can say that if that's all they've seen that's mm, all that's normal
1: yeah true true
0: you know like for some parents or some dads and moms like what what would they sit at home and do like <laughs> if even think about it the, the idea of family time is not the same across other, all families in nigeria some families actually have this family time thing we talk about some families mm. do but some families don't <laughs> really understand like creating memories together, you know, doing things together, talking about certain things that are impactful. Mm. Um, it's not our culture, is different. Yeah, our culture is very different. That's, that's, that's the truth. And a lot, a lot of our theories are from the West and the West's fundamental structure. And, and, every, and every society begins with a family. So, what, and what the family values, family structures. Family values in Nigeria, different from family values in the West. And family is where society begins. Mm. And family over here, they value things like, oh, you got to be around as a dad, you got to play ball with your kid, mm. you got to go to recitals. Bro, all, all those things are like family values that we think is just young, young people doing. But <laughs> it is a technical family value that that the, the, the entire country has kind of adopted. Maybe not the entire country, but for those who can afford it. Yeah. But for us, if, even, like, even balanced families don't really think all those things are that deep. Yeah. Because it's just not part of...
1: What they're the honest to provide. A, Our values are... Yeah, deep. We have values too, yeah. but they're different. Respect. Uh, it's a different area. Yeah. Yeah. Right?
0: Yeah. Respect. Um, being acceptable in the family. Um, thinking about your own life. Working hard. You know, uh, it's diff- a different. are different way successful as well. So, and all those things in the family trick- trickle into, into society. So when you talk about work-life balance, somebody, somebody will abuse a father who is playing with his kid all the time. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, every, every time. time every, every, you're every, playing every, board. Every,
1: every time. for, for Funny enough, in Blue Valentine, you know, we saw that in Blue Valentine where he was always playful with his daughter and all of that and the woman was kind of like, you know, why am I doing No, well, that's different yeah. because like I was, was useless. It was but,
0: uh, but get what you're saying though. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's, yeah. that's another example. Yeah, yeah. So, and again, there's the man-woman-gender difference. Mm. You know, um, with this work-life balance then Sure, you Work-life balance it. for a man and woman is entirely different. You know, um, I think as a guy, for me, if I'm not providing for my family,
1: you balance to what it. I
0: think I can do, mm-hmm. there's definitely a pressure. I'm, like, even if I want to be the best at ever, it's just my mind. Yeah. That I have to hustle more. You know, I just have to hustle more. I'm making maybe because I'm Nigerian, maybe because I was born Nigerian, maybe because mm-hmm. I've, I, I, my entire life is Nigerian. I'm thinking this way. Mm, yeah. Because like, because I know people who don't don't think so far ahead about money being or provision being a. It's just about some of them. It's just about time, and we'll figure it out. Time together, and we'll figure it out. Yeah. So. You know, but again.
1: Yeah.
0: Finally, I, I don't know by saying. Everything I'm saying as well is because also I'm not a father yet. So I don't know what that mental going to shift that was looks like.
1: So that that's that's the bit yeah. that I was going to I was going to jump in on, um, which is the the sort of like coupling up bit. Because I feel like all of the perspectives that I have with regards to work and life is because I'm thinking of it for the most part in a very singular mindset also in an only child mindset. Like I have almost like the triple threat of of that being a single child, being unmarried, also living alone, away from family, um growing up in a slightly single parent home. So there's just all of those things that for me has put me in a certain kind of mindset. And you know, I'm I've had I've I've got my eye on what happens when I couple up and is that going to change my goals or is the fact that this is the way I am, is that going to sort of like alter the kind of person that I eventually open myself up to and choose to do life with? Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing that yeah. too, yeah. yeah.
0: Um,
1: because right now, like, I almost, I think it was maybe two weeks ago, last week, I was just thinking that, you know what, I'm actually not ready. I don't think I'm ready for the for the next, I don't feel ready, like, in a certain kind of way for a next phase so maybe I shouldn't be having certain kinds of conversations. But I know that's just a overreaction to certain things because I think the other part of it and there's an article I don't think it's I don't think it's on the Economist, but there's research that has said that, you know, when when people couple up, their earning capacity and a lot more things, um, it kind of like exponentially increases because more value yeah, can be added yeah, from partnering yeah. up. Not because both of you are working on the same business together, but there's just a dynamic that comes from pairing up. So I think in in those seasons, I do also believe that when you get to those seasons, you're provided with the tools necessary. So to start, which is why the narrative of I need to hammer first before I get married. I've never really, it's funny because I've never really subscribed to it. Like I've never really seen that as a milestone that needs to be checked. I think there are other more important boxes than the monetary one, but that doesn't mean you should be a waste pipe and then add someone to your waste pipeness thinking things and I'll be successful. I think balance our word of the episode is is what comes through here um but yeah i I think i was going to ask you know what you think about when like when you think about work-life balance when you think about the life portion i know i mentioned in the west it's about family and things like that for you is it always that like when you hear work-life balance when you think about the life portion what are you thinking about
0: honestly work-life balance for me has changed since i finished my phd (laughs) because it's been so different doing the PhD, even though the PhD was always in your mind, right? It was always in your mind. Like for four years, you're thinking about one thing. And perhaps for those PhD students who are listening, you understand what I'm talking about. It's like a baby that never grows, but all of a sudden it's just grown when you're done, <laughs> right? So that means that even if, and I meant that through, like even if I'm on holiday or whatever and I come back home, it's just with you because everything you're doing, your entire page is your, is, if you die, the, the work is gone because everything is stored in your head. Mm. So it's just this heaviness. So work-life balance then was, was just more of finding little moments of peace, wherever you can <laughs> find it. Maybe that's when you finish some kind of review.
2: Mm.
0: You relax. This review is done. Maybe you get your data sorted. You relax if is done. Maybe you figure out some kind of paper, moment of peace, just little moments, but then they're never like sustaining (laughs) until the end, right? But the difference is that you have plenty of flexibility in your time. Mm. So if you choose to be lazy, you have chance to be lazy, Mm. right? And you can do other things with your time. It's, it's very, very unstructured in, how, in terms of how you function. Mm. Obviously, there's some supervisors that, that make students report to them like every two days or every week. Mm. There's some crazy supervisors. <laughs> and I what crazy because I think they're crazy. <laughs> um, but, that's more, but that's more common in the sciences mm. um, or whatever reason. And probably students are used to it. Anyway. But now working nine to five, the difference is this. After work, my head is clear, right? My head is clear for the most part. Obviously, I, th- I think about work still, but I haven't done a PhD. The thought of work and thought of PhD is different, yeah. right? I don't think about work like, oh, yeah, but I, prob- I probably just do this tomorrow. i and send- start this work tomorrow. Okay, let me actually think about that. i think about it and then I'm done. Mm-hmm. But there's no bing, bing, <laughs> bing, bing in my in thinking about it. But the difference in work is my, my time is so fixed. Mm. I know that between 9 and 5, I can't do my other things I'll do. Mm. Right. So now that means I have to fix everyone else around the other in one. my life around my free time, which is what's made it. Whereas before, everyone else could have my free time for the most part. Mm. You, you can call me at 12 p.m. or pick up in the office. Like, Alpha, what's going on? Yeah. Because PZ, like, I can go to the office today to try and do X, Y, Z. I get a phone call. My, di- my entire day changes. Mm. I get an email. My entire day changes. Yeah. I can even go to the office today and then, and then the night I, I end up in a different city. <laughs> like, it just changes. But work, you're just fixed. And then people have to fit your time. But then your mind is just free. Mm. Yeah. So work-life balance for me now is now different. And now for me, I'm just trying to figure out how can I keep it to the people with this new... I found it difficult to manage because it's... Because the first three months, again, has been... We're trying to settle down a new city. Yeah. So that was also tasking as well. Um, Obviously, meeting somebody new has been different. My folks, new kind of conversations. So now I'm trying to, like, plan everything and figure out, okay, how can I balance my life? Because I still want to do... Even the podcast now, we're doing episodes in like different sporadic... <laughs> Times compared to when we used to do so. Now, every time the season ends, I have to think about okay, how can I then figure out a schedule around the podcast? Yeah. All right, so the difference has just been before my mental space was always clouded, but my time was quite flexible. Now, time is fixed, my mental space is free, yeah, as simple as that, yeah, and both have pros and cons,
1: yeah um funny enough for me it hasn't i i think because i was always i don't know i always I, was, I always approached the things that i used to do very entrepreneurial. i think the only difference has been my comparing nyse to now or when i entered the workforce um because in nyse i was working in babcock your university and the human resources whatever and there was clock in clock out and just doing random shit all day i'm,
0: I'm, I'm so impressed you got that job i, I don't know why i'm impressed i'm just impressed
1: <laughs> bro i was it was it was, was, was a whole lot like i don't know how i you know these are periods of my life that i wish i could just watch a video of and just see what was going on because i i feel like i just entered autopilot and i just made sure that okay my day had a structure and I'll just wake up and go through the motions like that, because bro,
0: jeez. The the one mistake he made in Babcock was that you did not find a girlfriend <laughs> at that time. And I, it was I was even because Bab, Babcock, yeah. Babcock girl at that point loved working men. <laughs> in, in, internal and external. external.
1: to be fair, I saw I, I saw the signs, <laughs> but I was not even. I was like I was not in a, Internet, external. I was not in that place in my life. I it, it was always That's fine. yeah. It was just very interesting to observe. Like I really just wanted that. Time to go and end. Like, I was never around during the weekends. I would always go back home because I couldn't stand where I was for longer than, like, my brain only calculated five days in that place, Elishon Remo. After five days, any extra day would have driven me crazy. So I was always on the first bus out after, and thank God, Fridays to end at 12 30 because of seven day adventures. So, 12 30, fly into somebody's car. I'm back in the bathroom. And Then on Sunday afternoon after church, I'm coming back again. And honestly, those three days of just or two days away <laughs> is what helped my sanity because I there were people that didn't have that option and they were always there. And I could tell that now nah, you guys are going through this because, bro, yeah, bro, must be a strange place. Yeah,
0: which is which which why a lot of people work then gravitate towards students. But yeah, 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 yeah. Anyways,
1: um, to just to tie this up in in the kind of way, um, what are my key takeaways? Um, from all of this. I think um, I, I don't think I learned anything super, super new um in this, and that's just because I've always been a bit deliberate about this like split of time and trying to make sure that I am not always working or always chilling in that sense. the The thing now that I'm just trying to address is that whenever I lay my day out to a couple of other people, there's always a question of, bro. Like that's a lot of things going on, um but what I try to redefine it as is that some things I feel and like, like I feel like it's hard for you to put yourself in somebody else's shoes because the work that they're doing doesn't have the same effects that it has on you. But I know that that can be an excuse that somebody that's overworking themselves in work can say, "Oh no, like it feels when I, when I'm telling you it feels very heavy." But in all honesty, I'm enjoying it and all of that. So I'm also a bit trying to be a bit more conscious about that fact because in the last like two weeks, although I haven't. Like, I, I feel like my plate has been lighter, but I've still not felt light do you get? So there's, there's that going on and I can, yeah.
0: I think that's the entrepreneur effect.
1: Mm, how so? I
0: just, as, as an entrepreneur, it's almost like doing a PhD where you just have this thing that you're carrying.
1: Mm. That Regardless of what's happening. can ev- yeah. never
0: really be done and, and you're fully responsible for it Mm. yeah so so like to-do lists being checked off (laughs) don't 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 necessarily mean that you're at peace
2: Mm.
0: it's just stuff that always needs to be done because you anticipate stuff coming Mm. you anticipate things that need to need to happen that you probably have not gotten to yet yeah and you're just responsible for everything yeah but like in a job, everybody has their own different domains that you're responsible for. We're responsible for. Yeah. And you exit.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's why I've had to like find a way to to find balance, I guess, in the middle of my days. And like right now, after this conversation, I'm going to the gym. I had to shift the time a bit to accommodate for the call, but I know there's value I get from taking the 20 minute ride to the gym because that's 20 minutes I'm all looking at my phone um the network at the gym is shit so I can't even check emails which is great so I'm just there lifting the metal and I take another 20 minutes back and that's like two hours where at least for the most part there isn't a lot of work going on it's why I'll commit to watching Arsenal games because that's also 90 minutes to be stressful about something else completely different um it's why I will see messages on my phone and I'll not respond to it like it's, (laughs) it's it's quite funny like so, I've turned off read receipts on WhatsApp and things like that. Slack notifications are on. I see it, but I've gotten good at seeing things and not seeing things. Like, I will see it and I will unsee it. Like, that's a skill that I've had to learn. <laughs> like, because because the other side thing is, is is not seeing it. And then when you eventually see it, you realize that, oh, shit, it would have been important for me to see this, like, earlier. So, th- that's why I've learned this new school. Because there were periods in time where I was doing the thing where, I'm not checking emails, zero email strategy, blah, 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 blah. And I'll open my email the next day and realize that shit. (laughs) Like it would have made sense for me to have at least just looked at it for five minutes and dealt with that one particular thing because it then removes a certain kind of stress from today. So now it's like I will see it, make an assessment. And if I don't need to deal with you, I will just unsee you. And till the next time that I see you in there. So reminders, like I have this feature on my email that if I open an email, I can set a reminder on this to pop back up in like four hours you know, twenty hours or whatnot. And so I know that I'm not going to really miss out on, on those kinds of things. The one I need to pay attention to now is WhatsApp because if I open WhatsApp and I see your message and I don't respond to it immediately, there's a very high likelihood that it's gone. except we have something to deal with like occasionally. Yeah. Yeah, I I I, thought, I thought we should
0: just call <laughs> even Angela as well. I think I'm going to have to call me because <laughs>
1: Yeah. Now now that does yeah. this work. Anyways, what, what are your takeaways? I think I went on a in a small bit.
0: Quite a couple. So I think the immediate one is just the idea of choice, really. Um, sometimes we get in positions where we think we would have a choice, mm. but we will have a choice. That's the, that's the entire idea of being a human being. Mm. Some choices are just made to be, to be necessary, but we are choosing.
2: Mm.
0: And we are choosing that just means, unfortunately, we are responsible for many things, mm. which is scary, but we are. Other point is the terrible bosses that exist can make your work life balance hell in the mental space. Um, some can escape. Some can. And if you can't can escape, whether it's by fixing your CV and looking for jobs, whether it's by thinking about where you can go to, whether it's by facing, maybe it's by some, some, some kind of escape by just standing up for themselves. Um, if, you can't, if you can't escape, think of how you can escape in several ways and make your life less terrible boss in the end some can't I understand everybody has different kinds of career paths that are not so easy to diverge from it bosses are human beings so maybe just think about that as well because that definitely helped me as well in my own past mm. nobody can miss my okay not nobody I don't understand I can't see my significant other missing my birthday last minute because of work okay that sounds odd, yeah. But if you watch the movie the way she missed his birthday
2: yeah
0: all right that was that was another choice she made right so mm. that's a lesson for anybody who faces disappointment with their partners and in tr- in tr- in trying to understand the conversation of why that happened yeah there was a choice made and maybe you understand why that choice was necessary yeah Sometimes, some people appear like, appear annoying because they're always, they're always working when you, when you should be hanging out. Um, Uh, and I think maybe it's because sometimes they make us feel like they're working harder than us (laughs) or that we don't work hard or they're the one who has a job. (laughs) (laughs) We will just give them some grace, maybe, um, explain our, our fears and concerns to them, give them some grace. I
1: see how they respond to that, yeah.
0: And see yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um. And perhaps, looking back now, the fashion industry, that was meant to be impressive, just looked so ordinary, given that we are looking at I looking at, I looking at the clothing from 2023 eyes. <laughs> 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 and perhaps my final lesson, which is on the most serious note, is in the end, what seems apparent is nobody on a deathbed talks about their job being what they, re- what they kind of regret mostly. It's so f- often people. Mm. So if I'm positioned whereby I have a family I'm listening to this back and think about how I can make sure that I'm not in a position whereby I'm regretting like Miranda mm. if she ever regretted anyway yeah
1: cool alright so final thing I'll just play the last clip um, from the movie which was kind of like the sum of the whole thing um, and then we'll just close the episode here goes
3: I see a great deal of myself in you you can see beyond what people want and what they need and you can choose for yourself i like that I I couldn't do what you did to Nigel Miranda I couldn't do something like that mm. you already did to Emily that's not what I no, that... that was different I didn't have a choice oh, no you chose you chose to get ahead you want this life those choices are necessary But what if this isn't what I want? I mean, what if I don't want to live the way you live? Oh, don't be ridiculous,
1: Andrea. Everybody wants this. Everybody wants to be us. Everybody wants to be us. Yeah. Um, If there's any, like, thing that I know that I picked up early on, is this whole contrarian thing like i just have a very visceral response to this is how things need to be done or everybody wants this or yeah and yeah i know i know sorry but anyways i just want to wrap up and say like with that um just not believing that everything needs to be done the way it needs to be done and questioning things i think it's all about asking questions and i tend to do that quite a lot which is why i've escaped some kinds of challenges but anyways um thank you for listening to this episode um was a very interesting one as always like we always say have we ever said the episode is not interesting the two words we use are interesting or weird um
0: to be fair to you guys i is interested in my daily life like 100 million times <laughs> so, so whenever it's just a natural word that slips out of my tongue like <laughs> water comes out of the tap. yeah
1: yeah anyways all right let's cut it here um enjoy the rest of your week
0: let us know what you think guys ah, um, true and yeah in the comments let us know what you think in the comments um whether it's on whimsical link spotify whatever just let us know what you think we're back again next week with a juicy topic
1: why would you keep saying juicy jeez
0: have i said that before
1: yes you said it last time
0: okay yeah, big isn't it this is to big lately so maybe that's why
1: gosh all right anyway <laughs> cheerios guys take care
0: uh safe <laughs> and now a personal note to you our listeners to you listening right now thank you for listening to this episode of the elopio podcast now we know that in our culture of 30 second content and quick sound bites it makes it really hard to pay attention to longer form discussions so regardless of what brought you here we are grateful for your time do give us a five-star rating and review if you like this episode also be sure to continue the conversation with your friends your family and your colleagues Another way to support us is by subscribing to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you're listening right now. We release new episodes every Monday, but don't forget to follow us at the Yellow Pill Pod on Instagram and at Yellow underscore pod on Twitter. Stay in touch with us during the week. Once again, folks, thank you for taking Yellow Peel with us today. I'm your co host, Wally, as always, and right next to me is Toby, and we both wish you the very best in the coming weeks. Till next time, peace and love, people. Peace and love.